look to the Lamb of God. John was preaching. He stopped his preaching. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Three years later, takes place what we're reading tonight. Our Bible opened to Luke chapter 23. About the ninth, sixth hour, there's a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. The sun was darkened, the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus did cry with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said thus, he gave up the ghost. The words of a dying person are always words which we listen to carefully. If the person we love is able to speak, we listen, we cherish those words, we remember them a long time. I've heard people say, the last words I heard my mother say was this. Especially of vital concern are the very last words uttered ere our loved ones embark upon that journey beyond certain knowledge, beyond the familiar, from whose born no traveler has ever returned except the Lord Jesus. The verse read a little while ago contained the word of commitment, the very last recorded word of the Lord Jesus, his final audible thought before he fulfilled his mission as the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. How many of us today, if we would have had the privilege, would relive that parting scene at the bedside of a loved one, maybe the dearest on earth, Listen to that last word. I heard of a daddy whose little boy contacted a terrible disease. The doctor told the daddy, you had to put on masks to go and stand by your, dad, your boy and talk to him. So he put the mask on, went in and stood by his little boy. The little boy said, Daddy, why you got that mask on? Daddy said, well, Sonny, you have a very bad disease. I'm putting this so other boys and girls won't get the sickness you have. And that little boy said, Daddy, am I going to die? The boy was over, the daddy was overwhelmed with his own teaching. He told his son never to tell a lie. He said to his little boy, that's what the doctor says, but you're not afraid to die, are you? And the little boy said, Daddy, if God's like you, I'm not afraid to die. And then he died. And Daddy never forgot that. It changed his whole life. All the rest of the years, he remembered what his little boy had said. We who named the Lord Christ as our Savior, who found in him the name that charged our fears and bids our sorrows cease, We've been to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
we would naturally come quietly and reverently to the scene, the very last words of the Lord. It is interesting to note that even in his dying hour, the Lord Jesus left to us an example we should follow his steps. In his dying words, at once were a quotation of scripture and a prayer. He was quoting a passage from Psalm 31. Put ye out of the net that they have laid privately for me, for thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commend my spirit. The rest of that passage says, Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. The Lord left that last part out. He didn't need redeeming. He was the redeemer. How fitting in this last hour to reassure and comfort. He gives us that scripture. Only he added a word and he omitted a word. The word he added was Father. Father into thy hands. Only he could call God his Father. Men had not known God as a Father. They called him Lord. They called him Kyrios. They called him Jehovah, Yahweh. Nobody in the Old Testament called him Father. But Jesus said, Father, in thy hands I commend my spirit. And he's given us the same privilege to be able to call our Heavenly Father our Father. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven. So the Heavenly Father is our Father. This was the very cause for the cross. He was accused of calling himself the Son of God. They called that blasphemy. He did not recant in his dying hour. He continued his claim as the Son of God. So it was with Stephen. When Stephen was being stoned to death, he said, I see Jesus, and he's standing at the right hand of the Father. So it was with John Huss and Polycarp and Jerome and Luther. All of these died with the name of the Father on their lips. So with us and in life, he omitted the last word, thou hast redeemed me, because Jesus did not need redeeming. Now there are several words from the cross. Let's look at them for just a minute. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, listen. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. The first word from the cross. When Jesus was lifted up on a cross, he looked out. If you've been to Jerusalem, and if you went up on top of Calvary's hill, you could look down and see where all the mob were passing by, blaspheming Jesus, waving at him, saying, if you're really the Son of God, come down and save yourself and us. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That's what the Lord said, the first word on the cross. Soldiers were parting his garments, the Jews mocked him, thieves railed at Jesus. The second word is in Luke 23, 43. Verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. 
One of the thieves that was crucified with Jesus repented at the last minute. One thief called out, if you're really Christ, come down and save yourself and us. Another thief said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him and said, today thou will be with me in paradise. Second word from the cross. Turn your Bible to John chapter 19. John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. The Lord always thought of other people. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said to the mother, woman, behold thy son. He said to his disciple, behold thy mother. Third word from the cross, he was concerned about his mother and his disciple. He said, John, you take care of mother till she comes on home to be with me. What a compassion, what a concern he had. The fourth word is found in Matthew chapter 27. In Matthew 27, 46 and 47, listen to this. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land till the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Lord was quoting a scripture from Psalm 22. It maybe lets us in on a little of the feelings of Jesus on that cross. Everybody gambled for his garments. They were jesting, making fun of him, talking against him. And the Lord said, Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? I'm alone. I'm by myself. There's nobody here to help me. Maybe that lets us in on a little bit of the humanity of Christ while I was on the cross that day. The fourth word from the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Turn back to John 19, verse 28. The fifth word from the cross. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Another of the human reactions. Lord, why have you forsaken me? I'm all alone. I'm thirsty. You tell us anybody's crucified, one of the most awful pangs of hurt that come is thirst. No water. I thirst. Look at John 9, 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, they gave him vinegar to drink. The other scripture says he didn't drink it. When he received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head, gave up the ghost. This is a sixth word from the cross. 
it is finished. In other words, the work of salvation is finished. Nobody has to work for their salvation. Nobody has to do a whole bunch of things in order to be saved. Now there are certain churches that don't agree with that. They teach continually the other way. But you have to work to get your salvation. The Bible clearly says, not of works lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus and do good works. After we're saved, we work. We work because we are saved, not in order to be saved. Eternal security is a word that comes from the word of God when it says, I give unto you eternal life. The Lord's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give something and take it back. He says, I'm free to give it to you. Now, not everybody receives it. Not everybody comes to the altar and makes a profession of faith, receives that salvation. Many come seeking, and maybe we don't show them clearly enough, and they go away seeking, never quite sure. Salvation is only to those who really receive Christ. When a man is playing baseball, and a ball is hit by the batter, and a man out in the field reaches up his hand to catch it, if he nearly catches it, does he catch it? No. He doesn't catch it until he catches it. You're not saved until you receive Christ as your Savior. You receive him when you believe with all your heart that he's your Savior. That's when you receive. That's when you get saved. You don't get saved walking down an aisle. You don't get saved by making a profession of faith. You don't get saved by being baptized. You don't get saved by turning on a new leaf. You get saved by receiving that gift. I give unto you eternal life that shall never perish. But the last word from the cross is Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Turn back there, please. Luke 23, verse 46. Listen. When Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he gave up the ghost. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. In other words, Jesus was in charge clear to the end. They didn't murder Jesus at Calvary. He yielded his life in atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. Jesus gave his life that we might be saved. There are some who come to their dying breath with no prayer, no thought for the divine. How empty and barren their end. How comfortless when they come down to the very end of life and they have no faith that says, into thy hands I commend my spirit. It is said that shortly before George Washington died, he said, I'm trusting Christ to take me home. He went home. Many times we ought to pray, morning, noon, evening, 
Maybe we go into the very semblance of death called sleep. We ought to pray. But at the dying hour, surely this is a time to pray that our thoughts might pour heavenward, Godward in that last hour. Jesus prayed, leaving us an example. The battle was fought, life had been lived, the trial was ended, all things were in readiness. And now, Father, I commend my spirit to you. I'm coming home. There's a song written many years ago, going home, going home, never more to Rome. It was though Jesus was saying at this hour, relying upon God to vindicate, the world had rejected. Now, Father, I rely upon you. I vindicate. I rely upon you to vindicate. I can commend my spirit to you. And God began his vindication immediately. You know what happened? The sun was darkened. God refused to let his sun shine on that awful scene at Calvary. The veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. If men had done it, they'd have rent it from the bottom. God did it from the top. What did that mean? Never again would a human priest have to go and offer a sacrifice for sin. It was all done. It was finished at Calvary. And the whole veil of the temple was torn in the midst. Never since that day has anyone had to offer a sacrifice for sin. Jesus is our sacrifice. And when you come and trust him as your savior, what you're saying to God is, Lord, I trust what Jesus did is enough to cover my sins. The veil of the temple is rent. Jesus left an example in the art of living and dying. In thy hands I commend my spirit. Let me encourage us to go from this place this evening determined to let Jesus be our guide. When we come to the end of life, maybe this week for somebody, come to the end of life, don't be afraid. If your faith is in Christ, trust him. He'll take you safely across and place your feet on Zion's hill. You'll be with him forever. I'm coming to the cross. I'm trusting him alone. In my hands, no price I blame. Simply thy cross I claim. And when you trust Jesus, he forgives and cleanses and saves. I want to ask you, have you done that tonight? Is there anybody in this room who can say, I'm not really sure whether I've trusted Christ or not? Why not do it tonight? Let's bow together in prayer. Our heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Our Father, we thank you that softly and tenderly the Lord is speaking to hearts tonight, calling Christians to a closer walk with you, calling us all to be able to say at the last hour, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm trusting him to take me home to heaven. And Father, if there's one person in this place tonight who has never received Christ, we pray that that one will open his heart to Jesus even tonight. In Christ's name.
Amen. Let's stand, please. 161, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. The invitation to open. If you're here without Christ, come to him tonight. Trust him as your Savior. If you've never been saved, don't leave without Christ tonight. Some may want to come and kneel at the cross and pray. Do what God says to do while we sing, while we pray.